Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Relationship Essentials. I'm your host, um, Pastor Samuel, and I'm excited to bring to this topic to you guys. Today's topic is the Christians, a Christian's perspective on body count. Um, before we get into the conversation today, if you have not already subscribed to the channel, if you have not left a comment, give us a rating on any of the streaming platforms for podcasts, please do so. Help us get this message to as many people as possible. All right. So today's topic is kind of inspired from our two episodes ago where I talked about the four qualities of a good wife. So in that video, I talked about a man wants a woman that is trustworthy, a woman that he can trust. And I think it goes both ways, but because I was speaking to the qualities of a wife, I focused on what the man wants um, because man looks for wife. As believers, we don't believe a, wife, a woman should be looking for a wife. A man should be looking for a wife and a woman should be looking for a husband. So I talked about if a man perceives that you cannot be trusted, it's hard for him to entrust his heart and to you know, decide to build his life with you. And it, we get a lot of people like that made a lot of comments on Instagram, body, like the whole body count thing was like, well, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, which for me, it's fine. But I just wanted to kind of help the people that didn't understand what the message was supposed to be, who might have got misconstrued because of maybe the way it was delivered. So I wanted to clear up, clear up some things when it comes to body count, how we have to look at body count from a Christian's perspective. Now, I wanted to think about something. Body count doesn't exist if someone is not having sex. So when we talk about the Christian's perspective on body count, all we're really saying is what is God's perspective on sex? So when I say body count matters, someone asks me, is that faith-based? Was that or was that culture based? And I'm like, it is faith-based. God have a standard for a body count. And someone's like, wait, did God tell us how many body count we should have? Absolutely. God told you how many body count you should have, what the ideal body count is for everybody. And guess what? Guess what God's number is for everybody to have as body count? One. And this is scripturally backed up. So God's standard for everybody is to have one body count, your husband or your wife. Genesis tells us the man leaves his father's house, um, clings to the woman, him and, his, him and the woman unites, and the two shall become one. It didn't say the three, the four, or the five. In the book of Matthew, Jesus, when they asked Jesus about divorce, he told them, when you look at divorce, you have to go back to the main problem, which is the individuals that make up the marriage. And he says, they, God made them male and female, and they had to leave. The, he repeated the same scripture that was quoted in Genesis. Then if you look at when Paul advised the church on how, on the formula for marriage, on the formula for what they married, what a married man should do for him to be able to lead the church. He talks about, he speaks in singular term about the wife. When in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, when he said, hey, husbands with the S, love your wives. In the next verse, he says, you know, love her, singular, like Christ loves the church. So my thing is, you have to understand that God has already put a standard for sex. And I, don't, I find it funny when we try to use society standard to evaluate sex or understand sex or create the standard for people to live by. Like, I think as believers, you have to get to the point where it's not about what you think, it's not about 
how you feel about something is about if God says this, I'm just going to obey. Now, it doesn't mean we are always going to be perfect, but just because you're not perfect doesn't mean that you have to bring the standard down so that you can feel like you are able to do it. Our goal as believers is to strive towards being perfect. Be the Bible says, let his mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Jesus literally gave up all that he was so that he can fulfill the assignment that God put him on earth to fulfill. And as Christians, that should be our motivation. That should be our inspiration. We are to give up our ideas, what we think the standard should be, what we think should work, what we think how it should be, and just do it the way that God, God have, uh, God have designed it to be. Now, somebody asked me the other day, but look, so many men in the Bible had more than one wife. And I'm like, just because something is in the Bible doesn't mean God approves of it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the word has been written for our admonition, our reproof. Some of the things that we see in the Bible is actually to teach us and help us learn what not to do. Not everything in the Bible is an example of what you to, what you have to do. Like, for example, you hear people say, oh, but most men in the Bible married more than one woman. Well, that is not the ideal because they married more than one woman doesn't mean that that is God's ideal for man. Remember, God's ideal is, go back to Genesis, there's something called the principle of the first mention, which says, if you want to learn about what God intended for anything he made or anything he created, just go back to the first time it was introduced in the scriptures. The first time it was mentioned in the Bible, it gives you the process and it gives you how to handle that thing and for you to function in its full capacity. So you look at people like, you look at like Jacob, Jacob married more than one wife, but do we realize that Jacob married more than one wife and he ended up hunting his children because the brothers that betrayed Joseph was because just, um, Jacob loved Joseph's mom more than he loved his brother's mom. So they hated him even more because he was his dad's favorite. And what was his dad's favorite? Because he loved one wife more than the other. You look at Abraham, it caused problem. Um, today we see, we, we, there's this old saying in the Christian world where we say, even today, Isaac is still fighting Ishmael and Ishmael is still fighting Isaac. You look at Solomon. Solomon's kingdom was torn down and Solomon lost his throne and lost his place with God because he loved many women. So again, not everything in the Bible is an example of what you should do. As a man, don't think because there were men in the Bible that married multiple women that you should now go and try to sleep with multiple women. No, that is not the standard. The standard that God set is one man, one woman. So God's standard for body count is one. You are supposed to have one. But what happens if you have more? Now, this is where for me, I feel like we, we should be able to speak the truth even when we are teaching grace. I think so many times we try to focus so much on grace that will live out the truth of the gospel. And Jesus did not just teach grace. He taught truth. We have to be able to find a way to balance the two where we are not just telling people, oh, God is going to forgive all your past. Uh, it doesn't matter what you did. Yes, that has to do with salvation. But there's a next element of the faith. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, yes, he saves you from all your sins. That means you could have slept with 300 people and God will forgive you. He would not hold you against that when it comes to you entering his kingdom or you being in the presence of his father. But he's not just your Lord. 
He's, he's not just your savior. He's also your Lord. Lord means now he now owns you. Think about your landlord. Your landlord owns the property that you live in. You don't just go do anything with the property that your landlord owns. You don't just renovate the property without consulting your landlord. You don't just paint the house without, um, repaint the house without consulting your landlord because he owns the property. And what Christians sometimes neglect is, yes, God gives you a new beginning, but in this new beginning requires a different level of obedience. The scripture says, if you love me, you keep my commands. That means the way we know you love God is not to just say, oh, I accepted him, my sins are forgiven. It's shown, it shows up in how we live our lives on a daily basis. It shows up in, are we actually obeying his principles, his precepts? So now if you slept with 300 people and after you give your Christ, your life to Christ, it goes from 300 to 350. You didn't really, nothing really changed. Christ did not have not really changed you. So I think we have to start not only, it's like the way I think about it is this. Think about water is made up of hydrogen, H2O, two molecules of hydrogen and one molecule of oxygen. What if you separate the two? What if you just drink hydrogen? You will die. The chemicals will kill you. What if you just, what if you don't, what if you, there's no water? You just, you just breathe. That's only oxygen. You would not survive either. Those two, H2O have to combine for it to be effective for us to actually have water. Another example is this. The Bible calls us the salt of the nation. And salt, and, and salt we know is, I believe, I don't want to mess up my chemistry, but I think it's sodium chloride. But you just can't go and eat sodium or just eat chloride and think you, you will get the, the nutrients that salt is supposed to give. That is how Christianity is. We are the salt of the nation. We are not just only supposed to teach grace. Yes, we tell people, look, God is going to forgive you. God is going to give you a new beginning. But understand that this new path will require that you obey him. That you now, he has principles. He has principles that govern money. He has principles that govern marriage. He has principles that govern anger. He has principles on how to treat your enemies. He has principles about every area of your life. And if you're going to walk this path of Christianity, you are not just going to accept the grace. You must also accept the truth and live by the truth. That's why he says the truth shall set you free. So for me, I think we have to be able to tell the truth, which is God doesn't want anybody to have high body count. God wants you to have one. And the other thing that I think people need to realize is this. Salvation does not mean transformation. I want to make that very clear. Salvation does not mean transformation. Just because you have been saved doesn't mean that you have forgotten how to roll a blunt. Just because you have been saved doesn't mean that you don't know where prostitutes reside. Just because you have been saved doesn't mean you don't know how to sext. Just because you've been saved doesn't mean you don't know how to watch porn. Like, we have to get rid of this idea that when someone gives their life to Christ, they are immediately transformed. No. Transformation, the Bible tells us, transformation comes by renewing of the mind. That means you can accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, and your body and your mind will still be as bad and rotten as it was before you gave your life to Christ. And that's why I tell people, when you are looking for a wife, yes, if the reason why you ask about a body count is not because you want to judge her. It's not because you want to put her down. It's not because you want to belittle her. It's because I want to know that there have been a renewal. I want to know that there have been a transformation. 
Unless, like people, like someone gave me the example of Hosea. Oh, God asked Hosea to marry Gomer. But the truth of the matter is that God asked Hosea to marry Gomer to make an example of what our faith, our work with God looks like. He said, we are constantly unfaithful and that is not how it's supposed to be. So even in that example, he was trying to show you that this is not what marriage is. Because remember, the marriage between a man and a woman is similar to between the marriage between the church and Christ. So my thing is, salvation does not mean transformation. Just and I, I, I love this example. Let's say, for example, you met. A, you, I'm not sure how many of us have watched the show, the, the Tinder Swindler. Let's say you're a woman and you met this man. He tells you like, hey, look, in my past, I used to scam people. I used to meet girls, take their credit cards, rip them off everything they have, like empty their bank accounts, take all their money, and I would disappear. They wouldn't see me. And usually, like, we would start off really great, like six months in, we are doing really great, and boom, I would disappear with all your money. But hey, look, I've changed. Can you, can you be honest with me and tell me that you would not be a little cautious, that you would not watch yourself around this man? Let's say that man comes and tells you, hey, can I borrow your credit card to pay for something? As a woman, you're going to be foolish to just trust him with your credit card, knowing his history. That's how it is with me when it comes to body count. If somebody has created a certain pattern with your life, I'm not saying I would never be with someone that have, um, I'm not looking for it. I don't, I don't say I want to marry a virgin. I must marry a virgin. But I look at people's patterns. I look at people's past. Look, sometimes you can forgive someone. Doesn't mean that you have to trust someone. Like if someone stole from me, I can forgive them. Doesn't mean I have, I have to trust them again with anything that I own. So I think for me, when I talked about the body count is because just because someone is a Christian doesn't mean that they have their mind is renewed. Doesn't mean that they are obeying Christ. And for me, if you're a Christian and you tell, look, you, I, I understand maybe you go, you went through something, you went through a phase, but I want to know, okay, right now, what is your, how are you living your life? Have you now surrendered that area of your life to God? Because if you haven't surrendered, there's no reason for me to trust that you will be faithful to me if you can't be faithful to God. Because how can you say you're a Christian and you're accumulating all these bad accounts and still want me to respect that you're a Christian? You are not. Christianity is not by profession. It's not by just you saying that you are. The Bible says, you know, they will see how you love one another. That means by our actions, people can tell that we are Christians. So I think this is actually a call out to all of us as believers. We are to set the example. We are not to be out here just preaching one thing and doing the other. If, if, the, if Christ has set the standard to be one, then let us keep that as a standard. Let us not bring it down. Let us not take it up. Let us keep the standard as what God has set the standard to be. Now, one thing that I want to address before I kind of summarize um, this episode is something that someone shared with me when it comes to body count. Now, someone's like, they made a comment, they were like, um, if you if you if you are not a virgin, then you are just an, a hypocrite. Or if you've if you've had sex with more than one person, then you're a hypocrite. And I told him, I said, look, I understand where you come from. And one thing that Christians never claim to be, which even myself, one thing that I never, I'm not a virgin. I've I have made my mistakes. I have been out there, and that is why I can even boldly say that God's way on or God's perspective on sex is the way it should be. Because my way led me to nothing but heartbreaks, 
my way led me to nothing but show ties. My way led me to nothing for, but being attracted to someone that was not good for me or not good for my future. So yes, it's even in my mistakes that even God's grace shined more. But one thing that I have to tell people this, just because you have made a mistake doesn't disqualify you from speaking on it. Just because someone used to steal doesn't mean they can't, they can't come out now and say, hey, stealing is bad. Just because someone have had sex doesn't mean they can't come now and say, hey, look, having sex before marriage is not the way. And that's something that we as a society or even as a Christian, as, a, as Christians, we are, you don't have to stay there. And, I, and that's something that I think the way people took the message wrong. If you have a high body count, the way you are to, the way you should interpret the message is this. Let me stop and start doing it the right way. Don't, don't start justifying your sins. Have a conviction. You know what? This is now the way God designed it to be. Let me do it the way God has designed it to be. Because look, I believe that God's opinion on any matter is the truth. God's standard on anything is the right standard. So if you have a habit, can look, or if you have slept with more than one person, don't let anybody make you feel like you're a hypocrite if you tell them not to have sex before marriage. Look, we, none of us are perfect. Look, even when people tell me, hey, you are, you are a hypocrite, I tell them, absolutely, I am. I am a hypocrite. But guess what? So are you. So is everybody that walks this, this earth. We all don't always live up to the standard. None of us always live up to the standard. But that is where the grace comes in. That's where the grace that everybody wants to talk about. That is where grace comes in, that even when we fall short of God's standard, that he forgives us. But that does not mean that we are to remain in that fallen state. We have to pick ourselves up and begin to walk that path of righteousness, walk that path, walk that, live up to that standard that he has called us to live. So if you've slept with more than one person and you have a crazy body count, don't just, my advice is don't add to it. Just choose to have a new beginning. Look, one thing I love about God is just like the prodigal son, whenever you decide to just live right, he's willing to, just accept you and begin to build you up and take you on the path that he have called you to. He doesn't just write us off. Whenever we are willing to surrender, he's willing to walk with us and help us become what he, has, what he has designed and created us to be. Now, the reason why I also like this conversation about body count from a Christian perspective is because I think that it's almost like we are trying to downplay people that have, you know, preserved their body for their husbands or preserved their body for their wives. It's like, if we say body count doesn't matter, then what is the point of Jesus, of, of, of the Bible saying, flee from fornication? First Corinthians chapter six says, flee from, flee from fornication. So if we, if we act like body count doesn't matter, or we wanna, we wanna, like, we wanna, we wanna make fun of people that are virgins, for me, it's like, that is stupid because you are literally, you are, you are not making fun of them. You're making God fun of God's standard. So, and I think if we start saying, hey, body count doesn't matter. The person that you're going to be with is, they, 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 they will just have to judge you from where you are and moving forward. What we are saying is we are indirectly discouraging people from keeping the standard, from doing the work, from keeping the, the word of God. God's word is to wait to marriage, to hold it for your husband. Now, if you have fallen, ask for grace and start doing it right. But don't be out here trying to discourage people that are trying to do it right or trying to make fun of people that are trying to do it right. No. that is. I think that's something that as Christians, we need to do better. We are all sinners, but we have to commend those that are doing it right. 
and that not look at theirs, theirs as a as a bad thing, but look at it as an inspiration for us to get back on track and do it the way God has designed it to be done. The last thing I'm gonna say is this: somebody told me, oh, but um, but um, all that matters is that Christ, um, they are new in Christ and that God doesn't judge them. And I tell them, look, one thing that people need to start learning is you cannot over-spiritualize everything. Yes, God has forgiven you. That has to do with salvation. That has nothing to do with, that has to do with the marriage between you. That has to do with your marriage with Christ. Your husband still has to make that decision. And guess what? Your husband is not Christ. He has emotions. He has his own traumas. He has his own insecurities. Look, let me tell you something. Every man has insecurities. We all do. He has, he has his own things that he's dealing with. So for you to say, oh, only God can judge me. No, as a matter of fact, the scripture says, don't judge because by the same standard that you judge, so shall you be judged. So it doesn't really say don't judge because we all make judgment. You have to make a judgment on who you're going to marry. That is a judgment. Judgment is to make a decision. Judgment is to evaluate a a situation, evaluate somebody, discern something, and make a decision. God is not the one that's going to make a decision on who you marry. Your husband is. Your wife is. And people look at the patterns. People look at the decisions you have made. And if you sit there and tell me that the decisions that you've made yesterday don't affect who you are today, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I think you have to be more realistic. We can learn from it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter, then why should we all strive to keep? Why did God make it a standard if it doesn't matter? So again, I just wanted to bring that episode to us. A Christian's perspective on body count simply means a Christian perspective on sex. Let us stop worrying down. And I'm going to do an episode with a friend of mine on how sometimes we have watered down the gospel. We have kind of sugarcoated the truth so much that Christians have lost their influence on earth. We are no longer salt. We are now sodium and chloride. We are not both. We are now salt. We have to get back to teaching grace, teaching truth, where people need to remember that with every obedience comes a reward. God honors our obedience. And every time we don't obey, guess what? Like one more thing before, this is going to be my last thing. One, one more thing that before I end is this. One of my inspiration to actually do things the way God has said it, look, I might not always do it. I'm not going to see you and tell you that I'm always perfect. But one of my inspiration and one of the things that inspires me to do it the way God has designed it is look at what we have produced doing things our own way. Look at what we have produced telling people body count doesn't matter, telling people try it before you buy it, telling people test drive it. Look at what we have produced. Look at what our society looks like. Crime. Look at what crime looks like. Look at what our families look like. We have a, the highest rate of single homes. We have, um, we have people, they say what? I think it's like um, 76% of people um, have some level of daddy issues where fathers are not present or fathers are absent, where like sometimes the mom is not present or sometimes we have these STDs, sexually transmitted disease or spiritually transmitted demons. Look at what doing it our way have produced. So at what point do we say, hey, you know what? I've done it this way and look at what it has done. It hasn't produced anything good. Let me do it God's way. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We have to get to a point where doing it our way hasn't worked and we have to stop in our tracks and say, you know what? 
I'm going to do it the way God said I should do it, no matter how hard it is. So thank you for listening to this episode. Remember, share with your friends. If you know someone that needs to listen to this, hey, look, tag us. If you, if you disagree with something, we would love to bring you one. Hear your opinion. I don't, I don't mind hearing your views on these things. My goal is to serve you and bring you things that I believe can help you have relationship and do relationship the way God has designed it. And the way God has designed it is to bring you peace, is to bring you fruitfulness, is to bring you happiness, is to bring you companionship, is to bring you things that doing it the worldly way will never bring you. So thank you again. Please subscribe and God bless you. I will see you guys on the next episode.